Hello and welcome to Bishop Arthur Dixon's podcast. Bishop Arthur Dixon is a true son of Bishop Daggywood Mills and the convener of Jesus is the Rock Church, a denomination under the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Listen and be blessed as he shares with you deep messages from the Word of God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that this afternoon you have prepared a meal before us, Lord, to partake of it. We pray that we will be nourished thoroughly and as we receive your word, we will grow in knowledge. We will grow in wisdom. We will grow in understanding. Father, this very day, Lord, we pray and we thank you that you are ministering, O God, to every aching heart. You are ministering to every sick body. You are ministering, O God, to every wandering mind and every confused individual. We declare that lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Deliver us from evil. In Jesus' precious name and everybody shouted a big amen. Oh, your amen is very weak and everybody shouted a big amen. Hallelujah. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I welcome you to the Wisdom and Power Prophetic Service. If you are visiting for the first time, I want you to know that this is a good place where the power and the presence of God is. Amen. Oh, I said amen. You will never leave the same as you came. Amen. This morning or this afternoon, I am continuing to share on he that hath to him shall be given and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he has. Hallelujah. What this statement is is that when you have when you have, God gives you more. <laughs> I mean, one day somebody said, ah, but this is really unfair. Why, why would God be so unfair that when you have, then rather you would have more? And when you don't have, then even what you have is taken from you. Listen, it is a principle. Jesus taught us that principle. Jesus spoke about that principle. It's in Mark chapter 4 verse 25. It's a scripture. It's a whole scripture. It's a whole statement spoken by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that is why you must be determined to have. You must be determined to be a he that hath. Because when you become a he that hath, you break the curse of not having. Hallelujah. You bring the case of what? Not 
having. Mark chapter 4, verse 25. For he that hath, to him shall be given. So when you have spiritual gifts, it is most likely you have more gifts of the Spirit. Amen. God has blessed you with a gift of speaking in tongues. It is a gift. Amen. Don't downplay that gift of speaking in tongues. The more you pray in the spirit, the more you labor with the gift of tongues, the more you discover other gifts like prophecy. The more you discover that, hey, you even have word of knowledge. The more you discover that you have word of wisdom. The more you discover that the spirit of discernment of spirit is also working. The more you begin to see the working of miracles. Hallelujah. You begin to see the diverse kinds of tongues also operating. But it begins with you having something. You being a heathen heart. Hallelujah. And if you don't have, and that is why for everyone who is here who is born again, I mean, I'm believing God that everyone is going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is very important. Amen. That is why in this church, the very day you start, you become born again, that very day we start the uh, understanding campaign. We start a new believer school. Amen. And then another thing we try to do is to try as much as possible to teach you on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to teach you on who the Holy Spirit is and to teach you on what the Holy Spirit comes to do and to teach you on why the Holy Spirit is here. You know, his purpose in your life, his role in your life what he does in the life of a believer and what he does in the life of the church. He is the greatest of all that God has offered to us after Jesus left. He is the one with us. He is the one to lead us into the truth of God's word. He is the one to help us to pray according to the will of God. He is the one who has been brought to be our helper. Ah, in our weaknesses, he's our helper. If you're a believer, you don't have any reason to say that you don't have help. You have help, but whether you have made use of the help is what is most important. Because you see, you can have help and choose not to use the help. Amen. Yeah, you can have help. I know some people, they've given birth to children, but they don't want the house help to hold their, their child. I don't want my, the house help to touch my child. I don't want the house help to feed my child. I don't want the house help. Because, listen to me, he, he is there to help you. She is there to help you. If you don't want her, you do it yourself. You'll be tired. And when you are tired, don't blame anybody that you didn't have help. Many of us are becoming weary. And we are becoming weary in the kingdom because the help that has been offered to us, we have chosen not to make use of him. But may God have mercy on us. And may God, you see, listen to me. When God offers you help, eh, he wants you to do well. That is why he's offering you help. He wants you to live in a state where everything that you can believe in for is provided. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, that is what state he wants you to live in. 
Everything is provided for you. He says that, and I will send another comforter. He will lead you into all truth. He will comfort you. The comforter is here to comfort you. But whether you want comfort is another. There are some people, you want to comfort them, you can't comfort them. Yeah. I'm, I've been a pastor for some time. There are some people that they are unpastable. If there's a word like that. Because when you want to show care, they don't even, they don't, they don't like it. Oh yeah. You show care. You show concern. You show interest. But they don't seem to like it. So help us come to you. But you don't want the help. Yet you are complaining that you are tired. You know, there are some people, you know, you are carrying a load and then they come and then they say that, please, can I, can I help you? And say, no. Even Jesus Christ, when he was carrying the cross, when Simeon came, he, he, Simon came, he, 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 offered, he offered help and Jesus said, thank you very much for helping me. Even Jesus carried his cross he, 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 he appreciated and he, he, he allowed Simon to help him to carry his cross. He received the help. <laughs> but some people don't like the help. And let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, recently I was just telling somebody, you know, I was just telling the person here that me, I'm following the Holy Spirit. And I want to be like the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I told him that, you see, the Holy Spirit is now in charge of the church. Do you know the Holy Spirit is now in charge of the church? He is the one supposed to be in charge of the church. That is how I put it. But he's so gentle that though he's supposed to be in charge of the church, if you don't offer him invitation, he looks at you. Yeah. He, he's just there. When you offer him invitation, then he comes and he flows in the, in the distance. And I, and, I, and, I told, and, and I told the person that, listen to me, I may be in charge of your basenta, but if you don't invite me, I won't come. Oh, Bishop, you are, invited, you are, you are visiting other basenta. You go and ask the people. If I cannot see any sign that you are interested in me coming there, why should I come? I won't be there. Is it because you don't like the basenta? No! But you want the person. The person who is inviting you must invite you. That's how the Holy Spirit operates. True or not true? Yeah. In the same way also, remember that your pastors are in your life to feed you. Huh? He says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Huh? Who will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Now, if you don't like the feeding, eh, you see that you will not receive food. If you don't like the help, you will not get the help. Oh, yeah. And, and please, pastors, remember that when, when, when you are not wanted, I don't think you should force yourself into places where you are not wanted. Yeah. And sometimes the person will not tell you that I don't want you, but the person will actually do it by his attitude and behavior. Yeah, when you are showing interest, he doesn't, he, he, I don't know whether, I don't know. I'm telling you. It's just like somebody who is sick. And he says, I don't go to the hospital. 
You see, and you have carried the person, you have taken the person to the hospital. You'll be surprised that the doctor asks, so what is the problem? You see, he says I'm sick. So he has brought me to the hospital. Yeah. You know, but there's a limit to which even your pastor can go. Your pastor at a point is like, no, 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 I think this person, he doesn't really appreciate the love that I want to show. So when he feels like coming around, I'll come around. What do you think? Yeah. I'll, I'll come around. It's pride that will make a person act and behave that way. And be very careful. Be very, very careful. The spirit of pride eh, will tell you that, look, you don't need anybody. That's what the spirit of pride does. You don't need anybody. Uh, you don't need anybody. You can do everything on yourself. You can handle the load all by yourself. But I dare tell you that, look, the load that you are carrying in this life, you need help more than anybody. Turn to somebody and tell you, you need help. 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 Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Put your hands together for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so our foundational scripture this afternoon, our foundational scripture this afternoon, you know, is found in 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 5 to 8. 2 Peter. 2 Peter. You see, the fisherman wrote two books. You, you hold PhD. What book have you written? Yeah, when Jesus Christ comes into a fisherman's life, he converts him into, into an author. If you say you have PhD, we are waiting for your book. Do you have the right to even burn a book when you have not written some? You got to be crazy. Write a book. Let it be used by the village where you are. Let the people in your village where you are recognize the book before you start talking about the book. Or write a letter, just a letter, a script. And let us see whether the village where you are, the people will accept the script. And let two people read it and teach people from it and raise great things out of that your little script. Then you can start misbehaving. Somebody has got to be crazy. <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> we are blessed, oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so I'm going to share from this part. You know, this book contains life. It contains life. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says that, and the books were open. And another book was open. So there are different books. There are several books. Yeah. Several books. Amen. Yeah. How come that you like Abbott and you feel that when you read Abbott, it will convert you into an engineer? 
Huh? Pharmacokinetics, when you read books on that one, it will convert you into a pharmacist. Yeah. But when you read books on a he that hath, you will be converted to a he that hath. Yes. When you read books on steps to the anointed, it will lead you to the anointing. Uh, when you read books on Anakazo, it will make you, you see, the, the, the results of the books are so evident. But it's a mental patient who, when he sees something that is practically happening, will say that, ah, ah, something. Uh, uh, look, let me tell you, let me, let me digress. It's called incongruous affect. Incongruous affect. Where you can see clearly that the books are producing results but you cannot see you say opposite of it somebody is got to be crazy I tell you somebody needs 400 milligrams of Lagatel Somebody needs some injections, some phenotherapies to realign the mental state. You see, when you have a psychiatric problem, you might not even know you have it. You will always argue it and say, me, I'm not mad. Oh yeah, one time there was a madman. Yeah. A white man came to town and he said, hey Rasta, hey Rasta, hey Rasta, can you show me where late Bayokosha is? Biokoshi. Then he looked at the guy and said, yeah, what am I was Rasta? <laughs> Even a, mental, a real mental patient, he knows that there's something wrong with it. Anyway, that's by the by. So today, I believe you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed greatly. You'll be blessed. Because the words that God has anointed. You see, listen, listen. The books in the Bible, they are books. They are books. Paul wrote, if I some are even letters. Paul wrote letters to churches. You know, to the church in Corinth. To the church in Colossae. To the church in Philippi. You know, and then those letters were compiled. And a group and a body sat down to find out which ones are the canon. You see, when you lack knowledge, you cannot even appreciate an anointed, inspired book. Oh, yeah. Lack of knowledge, eh, it creates a lot of problems. Especially when you have other type of knowledge. Uh-huh. The other type of knowledge is that maybe you are a professor. And so you use the professorship to equate your knowledge in the things of the spirit. Something is really wrong and somebody has got to be crazy. So today we are looking at the positive trait. The positive traits 
You know, I began by sharing with you on the positive trait of diligence. And I said, diligence is the persistent, consistent, relentless effort to solve a problem. Oh, the results are there to see. The problem of building for the Lord. You persist with a lot of effort until you see the building roofed. You persist, you continue until you see growth in the church. You persist and you continue until you see the marriage enjoying some peace. You persist, you continue until you see the business doing well. Diligence is a positive trait. It's a positive trait. Anybody who is determined in life by the grace of God need this trait of diligence. Yeah, if you are not a diligent. A diligent person will rule. Proverbs 22, 29 says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He will stand before kings. It means that he will be promoted. A diligent man will bear rule. Proverbs 21, 4. Yes, you will bear rule. You will be a great person. Yes, a, a diligent person will become a leader. A diligent person will become rich. Because, you know, there is nothing called a problem before you. If it is a problem, then you are saying that this problem must be solved. And by the time the problem is solved, it has led you into another position of your life. Oh, yes. Oh, I said, oh, yes. I said, oh, yes. A diligent person. Oh, yes. And so we, we learn about diligence. But today I want to share on faith for a short time. In the next, in the next 30 minutes, I'm going to share with you on, 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 on the positive trait of faith. Let us look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 5 through to 9. I love the 9 very much because the 9 actually gives a clear picture of the opposite of those who have these things. If you don't have it, it also manifests in another way and in another form. So it says, and besides this, can we all read it together, church? I want you to read it to disturb your neighbor, right? All right. Ready, go. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. And he says that for if these things be in you, listen to that. If these things do what? If these things what? If these things what? And then what? And abound. It should not just be in you, but it must build its residence in you. In other words, it must stay with you and in you. Everything that when you are squeezed comes out is what you are made of. Yeah. When you squeeze fan yogo, it's fan yogo which comes out. When you squeeze serilac, it's serilac that will come out. So when you are squeezed, 
and anger and misbehavior is coming out of you. That it has been there. The things you needed for it to be seen have not yet come. Yes. Because what you are going through, other people have gone through worse, but have exhibited a certain level of maturity. So you are a product of what you are doing when you have been squeezed by life's pressures. Say amen. Uh-huh. So you notice that until you build these positive traits, you build upon it, allow the Holy Spirit and yield to the Holy Spirit to take you through the phases to develop you, you would see that inside of you will be something else. Mm-hmm. So look at the scripture. It says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you not to be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So once these positive traits now abounds in your life, you will see that, listen, barrenness is eliminated. I pray for you that barrenness is being eliminated as you are hearing as well. Now, when you look at the verse 9, the verse 9 says something else. It says, but he that lacketh these things, number one, is blind. Hey, if you don't have diligence, you are blind. Virtue, you are blind. If these things are not abounding in your life, eh, now you will notice that you become so blind. You will not, be, when you see anointing, you can't see anointing. Yeah, when you see an anointed man of God, you are criticizing the anointed man of God because the things, the positive trait is not inside of you. So you are blind to the anointing. Yeah. Listen, any person who criticizes an anointing, eh, he should be very careful. When you criticize an anointing, what you are doing is that you are disclosing your blindness. What did Paul do? Saul of Tarsus. He fought against anointed people. And I'm going to show you why I say that he's blind. In the book of Acts, the Bible says that the Lord told Ananias that this guy is coming to you. And then the, Ananias said, no, God, you know, Father, we have heard of that guy. We have heard of him. He's a very, 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 very terrible guy. He said, look, I have an assignment for him. When he comes, eh, you'll be told what to do. You know what happened? After the man Ananias prayed for him, the Bible says scales fell off his eyes. So it means that all the misbehavior, all the things he was doing, there were scales on his eyes. So when he sees anointing, he can't see. When he sees the work of God, he can't see. He couldn't see anything good. Why? Because there were scales. I pray in the name of Jesus that every scale on your eyes is being removed right now in the name of Jesus. He says that he that lacked these things is blind. Look, my field of study was into eyes. 
And so, I cherish people and I appreciate people who are going through blindness or who have blindness. Yesterday, I was just talking to a lady. You know, one of our sisters called me and said, the sister, he went to the hospital and the doctor told him that, told her that the left or the right, one of the eyes is gone. And then I said, oh, Charlie, even if it's gone, there's a way to say it too. Anyway, so we did a three-way call, and I was talking to the lady. You know, when I finished talking to her, I just told her, place your hand on the eye that can see. Then I asked him, look at the light. Switch your light and look at it. Can you see the light? He says, I can't see the light. Honestly, when she said, I can't see the light, I knew that truly she had lost the eye. The last thing that goes is perception of light. If you can't see light with your eye, that's it. Because at least there should be hand motion. You know, if your hand or counting of fingers, do you understand? So the counting of fingers is an extreme form of uh, a vision. It's like poor vision. You see, counting of fingers, hand motion, perception of light is poor vision. You know, a relatively good vision is when, when, when you see six over six, or 2020, like the Americans who put it, 6 over 6, 6 over 9, 6 over 18, 6 over 24, 6 over 36, 6 over 60. At least that one, you know that maybe something can be done. You know, but when it's gone to that point, but in her case, she could not even perceive light, perception of light. So I knew that it was gone. But I had to encourage and reassure her that, listen, God has still given you the other eye. You can, you can make use of it. The only thing is that when you are told to go on review, you have to go on the review because you are on medications to bring the pressure of the eye down. The pressure on the eye, which is called glaucoma, is what is actually destroying the, the, the back of the eye. That I just have to explain it in common sense, common knowledge, human common. So every, every day, basic ophthalmology, you know, but I could appreciate what she was going through. That she couldn't believe that she could not see. And I'm telling you, there are people like that. They can't see. And they can't believe that they can't see. When you are counseling them, they don't see. And they, are not, they, they don't believe that they cannot see. I should be able to see. I am seeing. I am not wrong. I am right. It's the highest form of delusion. Highest form of delusion. But I pray in the name of Jesus that God is catapulting you into becoming a he that had. And the reason is because he's building in you the positive traits that you need. The positive trait of faith. Oh, yes. Do you know the definition of faith? Faith is a firm belief. In something. Yes. Having a firm belief in something. Or having a firm belief in God. That's faith. Faith is just believing what God says you will do. Once he says he's going to do it, you believe that the Lord, you trust the integrity of God's word, and so the Lord will do it. Hallelujah. Amen. And you need that. You need faith to be a he that has. Yeah. You need faith. There are many people who feel that I must see before I believe. 
Yeah. But Jesus said, blessed are they who have not seen, yet believe. Amen. Today I'm going to share with you six things you should know about faith. Number one. So, like I said, the definition, faith is a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Yeah. You must believe in God. You have no proof that God exists, but you must believe in him. You must believe that he exists. You must believe that he exists. Hebrews says that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You must believe. Some of us, we act and behave as if God does not exist. And so we always look to other things instead of trusting that God exists. Hallelujah. The first thing you should know about faith is that faith is a personal trait that will cause you to overcome big problems and obstacles. How many know that this life is full of problems? How many know that this life is full of problems? Listen, if you don't know that this life is full of problems, you were just born. Because this life is full of problems. This life is full of problems. Hey, this life is full of problems. There are a lot of, lot of problems in this life. You don't know there are problems. Yeah. <laughs> you see, the reason why you have not seen is because daddy has shielded you from the problems. Yeah. Yeah. You see that when you marry and then you give birth, then you begin to realize that, ah, yeah. You'll be very, very shocked. The first thing you'll be asked, do you have a bed? You see, the bed you are sleeping on, it was made for you. Huh? They'll ask you, do you have furniture? You don't have a bed. How are you going to get furniture? Huh? You see, a lot of electricity bills have been paid for you. So when the light goes off, when you have now gone to rent a new house, say, ah, but this area, Charlie, they put light off by heart. What kind of behavior is this? Then somebody will tell you that, oh, no. Is the credit that is finished. About the credit to how can it finish? Look, that's how it has been now. It's because you have just started. That's how can you feel that the credit finishes every now and then. That's how it has been. The father who has been raising you all this while, he has been paying this since you were a little child till you finished university. So that's how life is. Aha. The reason why you have not discovered problems is because you have been shielded from it. And the biggest problem you can do is to shield somebody from a problem. You must expose the person to a problem. And when you expose the person, you must help the person to solve the problem. He develops maturity after that. He develops maturity after that. You see that you now begin to respect your parents. Hey, Charlie, daddy, thank you very, very much. Because see, after you married, You've been able to pay your rent, but you need to fill it with furniture. <laughs> Tell your beloved, Charlie, sweetheart, you know, the Bible says, despise not little beginnings. Despise not. 
He who has begun this good work, he's faithful to complete it. So let's sleep on the floor. My friend, you got to be crazy. Code the scriptures well and use it very, very well. You have gone to marry somebody's daughter. You have come to sleep on the floor. What do you mean? Somebody's got to be crazy. Have a secretary. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you notice that many people are shielded from problems. But I'm telling you that this life is full of problems. Yeah. In Luke 16, 16, the Bible says that the what? Law is until what? Is until John. The law and the prophet is un- were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Look, this kingdom, eh, sometimes it's not just prayer. You must press. The word press is the word force. The word force is biazo. You must force something to work. Some of you don't know how to force things to work, but you must force. You want to have a church growth. You have finished praying. You must force for the church to grow. Rise up and do evangelism. Rise up and do mobilization. Hey, rise up and do sheep seeking. Rise up. It doesn't just happen. As you are snoring. You snore like a bush pig. So, faith will help you to up, overcome obstacles. Listen, from today, you need to believe that any mountain in your life, God has given you his word, that that mountain can move. I don't know the name of the mountain. Maybe that mountain is marital mountain. I see that marital mountain moving. That mountain is a ministerial mountain. I see it moving. That mountain is a spiritual mountain. It is moving. That mountain is a financial mountain. It is moving. Firm belief on something without a proof. Mark chapter 11 verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his head, but shall believe that those things which he had said, Come to pass, shall surely come to pass. He shall have whatsoever. I see you having whatsoever. I say, I see you having whatsoever. Hey, I want to be a mega church pastor. I see it happening practically. Why do I want to be a mega church pastor? Because I want hell to be depopulated and I want heaven to be populated. Oh, yes. I want to see my marriage becoming nicer and nicer, more beautiful, more beautiful. Hey, you need to speak it. Some of you, the things your mouth has been saying. You look at your handsome boy that you have, you have given birth to and you have raised. You tell him that his joy is like a, what? Palm nuts. His joy is like address. 
what a shock. I said, what a shock. How can you look at this handsome guy and tell him that your jaws is like edges? You look at him and you look at his head and you say, your head like a framer. I mean, what is that? I said, what is that? What is that? Say great things. Say powerful things. Say positive things. Declare it. Shall say to this mountain, it doesn't matter how high the mountain is, whether it's Mount Everest or Kilimanjaro or Afajato, that mountain, the Bible says, maybe your mountain is as big as Everest. I see a man of faith rising up, taking God's word and declaring that be gone, down mountain. Some of you, your mountain is unbelief. Oh, yes. But I see that mountain being crumpled in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Look, about seven weeks ago, I was preaching and I was saying, look, I see people going on holidays in this church. Do you remember? You are flying and going. Look, I, I, the, the church in front here and some other places, they are, they are, they are flown. They've got wings and they are going on holidays and they are sending me a message. I say, yeah, you believed it and you're experiencing what you believed. That's it. That's it. Oh, yeah. Listen, from today, you want to be a he that had. You are not going to live in doubt anymore. You are going to walk in faith from today. You are going to walk in total belief from today. Oh, yes. Ha. Huh. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, and they rose up early in the morning and they went to the Mount of Tekoa. And Jehoshaphat said, O towns of Judah, believe in the Lord your God. You'll be established. Believe in his prophet and you will prosper. Thank God he has blessed us as one of the greatest anointed prophets, Bishop Doug Heward Mills. We thank God so much for such a great gift to the body of Christ. Come and rise up to your feet. Let us give God praise for the life of this anointed, anointed, anointed man of God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I said, oh, yes. I said, oh, yes. I said, oh, yes. It's only demons that cannot acknowledge things that are great. Oh, yeah. Did you know demons don't respect? That is why demons afflict. They don't respect anything. Anytime you see a sign of disrespect, you must see that a demon is at work. Because this respect is one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. He's gentle. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has never said that somebody is infringing on my right. Uh, we are all the same. We are all one. How come? How come that you have made me the third person? Why have you made me the third person? And the Bible also says that Jesus did the same. Jesus did the same. The Bible says that though he was God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. Jesus didn't fight for his rights. 
Why are you ordinary mortal man trying to fight for your right? Something is wrong and somebody has got to be crazy. One day I saw, I saw uh, somebody, he made a very nice picture. And in the picture, he had connected the brain, he had put the brain there, and he had put the tongue there, and then the brain and the socket, and then he had written underneath, make sure that this socket is connected before you speak. <laughs> it means you must think before you speak. Yeah, there are some people, they don't think before they speak. But I pray in the name of Jesus that God will shield us from foolishness. People who have faith are able to move mountains. Do I have a mountain mover in the church? Well, there are only few mountain movers. Do I have a mountain mover in the church? Do I really, really have a mountain mover in the church? Oh, yes. The Bible says people who have faith are able to move. They are able. They are able. I see God giving you an ability to move mountains in your life. Mountains in your life. There is no mountain that will remain in your life because you are a man of faith. A mountain is a big problem. How many have problems? Can I see by show of hands? Yeah. Even the rich, sometimes their problem is how to spend the money. It's also a problem. Yeah. Whether you describe it a nice problem or a bad problem, it's a problem. <laughs> How many can see that is a problem? Yeah. To move mountains around and become he that had, you will need the positive trait of faith. Great achievements are usually great victories over insurmountable challenges. When you see a man who has done great things, you should see faith at work. Oh yeah. You see, we are standing in the midst of faith. We are in a ministry that is a ministry of faith. You see, there are many people who say they have faith, but there are no works to show their faith. If you have faith and you don't have works to show, it's most likely it is just trial and error. Your faith must reveal your works. Oh yes. It must reveal your works. Listen, let me advise you. Eh? Anytime you, somebody advise you that, look, you are feeling stressed. I mean, the, this church cry is so stressful. Come out there. Eh? Tell the person he's a lazy man. Every hard-working person, he goes through stress. Every hard-working person. If you are truly a hard-working person, you will go through stress. It means the person is a lazy man. He wants the easy way out. Did you hear what I said? Because if you are really going to work very hard, you are going to feel the pain of the work. It's a clear sign that you are working. 
Because work, there must be energy. There must be effort when it comes to work. And it must be within time. So I'm advising you, when anybody tells you, look, this church, what is all this? You guys, they say you should do this. You are getting tired. You are tired. Don't you get tired? You cannot have erection and other. They tell you, you are the one who can have erection. Me, my erection is on. You are the one suffering from erection problem. Go and see your doctor. Go and see your doctor. You have a problem. Amen. Tell him that, sir, I didn't know that you were such a lazy man. Because as far as I am concerned, when it comes to work, a lot of energy is dispensed. A lot of energy is dispensed. So if I am at, in a work that is not dispensing energy, I'm maybe a corn man. It is only corn people who don't put in much energy. Corn people, they don't put in much energy. He comes to take somebody's money and then he goes to use it for pa pa pa. Yeah, that one is not work. Am I helping somebody in the church? Yeah. Real work. Real tell to somebody say real work comes with stress. Oh yeah. But the joy of it is that when you see the fruits thereof, it makes you glad. When you see the fruits thereof, it makes you glad. Our master Jesus Christ, he suffered affliction. He went through stress for the work that was assigned to him. And he's now telling us that if you want to come and follow me, you should take up your cross, not my cross. Jesus didn't say we should take his cross. You also have a cross. And if he went through stress carrying the cross, you are also going to go through stress carrying your cross. Lack of knowledge produces negative things. What now you say? Somebody told me, he said, look, let's do Bible study. I said, look, I don't have time for you. You, you are so proud that you think you know the Bible so much. But it's pride. Listen, the little you have learned in the Bible, let us see the pro- product of it. Fire We want to see it. Come and build a church on the sprinters. Go to Tessie and go and mobilize people. When they are doing homo go and mobilize people during homo and see whether they will listen to you. But by the grace of God, the wisdom that God has given our prophet, oh, we are applying this wisdom and we are getting great results. I said, we are getting what? Great results. church is just, you as you are struggling with your church, so you say everybody should leave because you were struggling to build a church. You are a lazy man. That's what you are. You are a lazy man. And you need to come down off your high horses and say that, listen, I think that I've fooled enough. I have to stop fooling.
God is helping somebody this morning. Oh yeah. You are rising above every situation. Because you are a man of faith. Turn to somebody and tell him you are a man of faith. Oh say I am a man of faith. Say I am a man of faith. Yeah. You come into this church, you will see young boys, little boys. They are handling bacentes and busing 50 people to church. See them, see the guys. And we are the knowledge God has given to us. The apostles' doctrine we are studying is carrying us further. Be wise, brother. Be wise. Be wise because we know the end. We know the end of the story. We know the end. I tell you, we know the end. The reason why you cannot see the end is because you are blind. You are blind. The Bible says when you don't have these things in you, you are blind. You are blind today, but the eyes will open tomorrow. It's just a matter of time. Number two. Faith is the personal trait that causes an individual to have a good report. Listen, I see sons and daughters of this great mighty ministry. Sons and daughters of Bishop Dagwood Mills. Sons and daughters of this house. Oh, you are gaining great report, great report, great reports, great reports. Oh, yes. Great report. Great report. Your life will be full of reports. Hallelujah. Your life will be full of good reports. Amen. I say your life will be full of good reports. Do you know why? Because man of faith gets good reports. Get good reports. Good reports. Wow. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 2, the Bible says that for by it, the elders obtained a good report. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They obtained a good report. Good report. I tell you, how can somebody, a human being that is being pursued by his enemies, Find access through a Red Sea. It can only be faith. And in Hebrews eleven twenty nine, the Egyptians tried to do the same thing. They got drowned. It's the same thing that they were trying to do. How come they didn't get reports? The result was that somebody had faith. Somebody didn't have faith. Oh, I see you getting some good report. I said, I see you having some good. I am so excited preaching this. Because I feel that somebody is being liberated today. I feel somebody is being liberated today. Oh my goodness. Obtain a good report. Listen to me. The reports will change. You went to do an exam medical exam and the doctor said that after the surgery we want to be sure that the cancer cells 
are not existing. And then when the report came, you open it and it's showing no cancer cell. That report is going to come when you walk in faith. Because the Bible says, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Come on, put your hands together. Let's celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, yes. When people are complaining of COVID and they are saying that because of COVID, the church is getting empty by faith, the elders obtain a good report. The house of God is filled to capacity. People are standing by faith. That is your report. By faith. Oh, I see a man of faith in this house. Do I have some men and women of faith? I said, do I have some men and women of faith? I see some men and women of faith. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Wow. Oh, yeah. One day, some pastor called me. I said, Bishop, they said they want Triumukra. I said, it's not about your Triumu. We are hungry for church growth. We are hungry for church growth. And we have found the tools for church growth. Hey, written in the books that is given to us by our Father. And we have decided and determined to apply it. And we are getting a good report. Good report. Good report. You will have a good report. I tell you, you will have a good report. Somebody is depressed this morning, but I see that by faith, the depression is lifting because the report is changing. The report is changing. The report is changing. I said the report is changing. By faith. The elders. To have a good report that you are experiencing abundance, you need to be a little wiser than the neighborhood monkey. You will need to see the correlation between positive trades and prosperity. Glory, hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. As I'm reading the book, I'm, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. How many are blessed as you are hearing the reading? Wow. Excellent. Excellent. Huh. Do you want to hear the books? Do you want to hear? Bible teaches us that good reports were given to men of faith. Good reports were given to men of faith. Good report will be given to a woman of faith sitting in this room. Good report will be given to a man of faith sitting in this room. Listen, I came to tell somebody that your report is changing. The situation is changing. Good report. I said good report. I said good report. I said good report. Glory, hallelujah. I said good report. Good report. Hmm. 
Good things are usually said about positive faith-filled people who believe in a vision before it became a reality. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember very well. We were under a small tent. With a small ministry. But you see, the son of an elephant is a what? An elephant. You see, when an elephant is suffering from uh, elephantiasis, <laughs> I don't know any disease of the elephant, so that's what readily comes to mind. Elephants don't suffer from malaria. <laughs> when an elephant is sick and the elephant has grown lean, it's still bigger than a deer. It's still bigger even than an antelope. Who you identify yourself as is very important. Yes. You can't make a mistake. Who gave birth to you is important. And we have fathers who gives birth to you in ministry. Yes, he may not be the father who led you to Christ, but he's the one who led you into ministry. You need to learn to acknowledge that. What a father. What a father. He played a role in your life. And he was a father of ministry in your life. So the moment you say that that father of ministry is an idol, it means you are also an idol. Whatever name you are calling the person, that is who you are. You better keep quiet. Look at that small church. Even here we had grown. Oh, they thought it had become a mega church. Ah, this had become a mega church. Don't deceive the congregation. Look, even we had dancing stars here. Ah. Look, the church at this church, it had become an international church here. There's the latter end. Please, try and trace your roots very well. <laughs> Amen. Oh, what a beautiful church. I said, what a beautiful church God has put us in. Oh, you can do it better. 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 Now this same small church is having three services. First service is packed. The whole outside is packed. Second service is packed. Third service is packed. In a, in a, in a smaller, the third service is in a smaller hall, but it's also full. You see, we are, we are used to fullness. Because when you are a man of abundance, the Lord blesses you with abundance. And go around all the branches. You see that the Lord has begun something extraordinary. Under this same great anointing, Bishop Daggyward Mills' anointing. Put your hands together. Let's celebrate this anointed man of God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow. 
Amen. Listen to this. Listen to this. Good things are usually said about positive faith-filled people who believed in a vision before it became a reality. You always remember the people who believed in you before things worked out. And that is why I thank God for the life of Reverend Frank. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Cosby. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Albert. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Digby. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Obodai. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Sefa Mausi. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Nana Kwame. And I thank God for the life of Reverend Jeff. I thank God for the life of all Reverend Obodai. Oh. Lady Pastor Ophelia, Lady Pastor Marilyn, I thank God for the life of my own dear beautiful wife, and I thank God for the life of Bishop Doug Ewan Mill. Oh yeah, I thank God for our mothers in healing streams. I thank God for the choristers. I thank God for the minstrels God has given to us. I thank God for the the, the dancing stars. I thank God for all the Basenta leaders, Basanta leaders. I thank God for everybody. Why? Because they believed when it was small. Oh, come on. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate Jesus. And let's celebrate his gift. Bishop died. Hallelujah. Yeah. So when you get somebody who is saying that, come out, tell you you are a lazy man. Type, you are a lazy man. You are a la- type, you are a lazy man. Go and look for something to do. You are a lazy man. The oil was poured on you to preach the gospel. What you are doing, we don't know what you are doing. You are a lazy man. Somebody say you have quadun tonight. <laughs> there are people who come along but never believe in you or your vision. Such people will not have a good report. A good report is for those who believe when there is nothing to see. I thank God for, I thank God for keeping me in this beautiful ministry. Oh, yes. I thank God. You see, because I I had the privilege of seeing about the early days. Even what I saw, it was a mega church in a sense. And this was in 1990, which is 33 years ago. Yeah. 33 years ago? Somebody like that is a grandpa. Yeah. Hallelujah. And who says that within the 33 years, you know, in a human institution, there will be no things that would. Who says that there's nothing like that? Unless you are an angel living in heaven or you are in an island. Oh, yes. 
You gotta grow up, brother. You gotta grow. Turn to turn to your brother. Tell you gotta grow up. You gotta grow up. Tell you you gotta grow up. Something is really really wrong. You gotta grow up. Hallelujah. Somebody is going to obtain a good report. This morning, I sense in my spirit that somebody is obtaining a good report. Because the spirit of faith has been imparted unto you. You gain a good report. Rise to your feet. Lift your hands together. Lift your hands together. Lift your hands together. Lift your hands together. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to honor you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Oh, rejoice. And I lift my voice. to follow him and to allow him to be Lord over your life. You are saying, Bishop, pray for me. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to come and live in my heart. Wherever you are, lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. God bless you. Today is your day of salvation. Tomorrow might be too late. He says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. If anyone will hear my voice and open, I will come into him 
serve with him and he with me. I can see all those beautiful hands lifted. Lift it above your head. Now the next thing I want you to do is that I want you to take a step. Just take a step. Walk to me right now. Take a step. Walk to me right now. Take a step. Take a step. Run to the mercy seat. Put your hands together for them as they come. Come, 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 come. Come to Jesus. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Run to the mercy seat of Jesus. He loves you the way you are. Come on, come to him. Run to Jesus. Run to him. Run to Jesus. Oh, yes. Put your hands together for them as they walk forward to surrender their lives to him. Precious ones, you are so precious to God and you are precious to this beautiful church. Lift your hand as a sign of surrender. Lift it above your head. Lift it, lift it, lift it. I want you to pray this simple prayer as a prayer unto the Lord. Lift your hands, congregation. Can you just join us? Say, dear Lord Jesus. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. Say, I believe that you are the savior of the world. Say, I believe you died for me. I believe that on the third day you rose from the dead. This morning, I hope in my heart to you, come and live in my heart and be the Lord of my life. From this moment forward, I will save you. And I will follow you. Say thank you Jesus. For your love for me. Say I love you Jesus. I love you Jesus. I love you because you first loved me. Thank you for saving me. Amen.